Hey, this is Sophia from CNET here with the latest tech news. For many immigration cases, testimony from a witness, a coworker, a friend, or relative able to come to court and vouch for you is critical for the defense of why you should be allowed to stay in the country. But with courts going online because of the coronavirus pandemic, defendants aren't afforded that help in some cases. Virtual courtrooms have taken away many of the resources that lawyers and defendants rely on, including basic necessities like being able to talk with each other in private and having an interpreter present for non-English speakers. Courts around the world are moving to virtual trials, with the Supreme Court hearing arguments remotely for the first time in May, and a court in Singapore issuing a death sentence through video conferencing. Virtual trials are the logical result of the global pandemic that has forced everyone to keep a distance from each other and slow the spread of the novel coronavirus. But the shift represents a situation where the loss of face-to-face contact has potentially devastating consequences. Critics note the virtual setup puts defendants at a disadvantage. A white paper released by the Surveillance Technology Oversight Project on Thursday highlighted these issues, pointing out concerns like poor internet connections, lack of privacy between attorneys and clients, and bias that comes with trials over video. While many aspects of people's lives have gone online, from funerals to weddings, virtual court cases have been riddled with issues as people's lives hang in the balance. Virtual trials are becoming mandatory for social distancing purposes, but it's also caused emotional distancing in court cases. This isn't a new phenomenon because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Studies have long shown the effects of video conferencing in court cases, often resulting in drawbacks for people appearing by video. A 2005 study of immigration courts in Illinois using video conferencing highlighted that judges were more likely to be emotionally distant from and apathetic to immigrants making their arguments on video screens. Another study in 2017 out of Cook County, Illinois, found that defendants appearing virtually had a 51% increase in average bail bond amounts compared with people who appeared in person. All aspects of a trial are affected when they're done virtually. You lose the ability to pick up subtle facial expressions on judges. Conversely, you lose a lot of emotional investment in people when they're speaking through a screen. Many of these cases depend on the judge's discretion and determining people's credibility, and it gets much harder through a pixelated video. Attorneys aren't able to see people's reactions clearly or pick up on nuances like body language. In New York City, virtual hearings have also presented a new visual that's not normally seen in courtrooms, defendants speaking from behind bars. Before the pandemic, Nobody would see the defendant in a jail cell besides attorneys and court staff. But with virtual hearings, clients aren't brought to the courthouse anymore. The cameras are brought to the cells instead. They appear in a way they never normally would, and it immediately gives the impression that the person has already been convicted. The digital divide for immigrants also presents a significant disadvantage in virtual hearings. Then there's limitations on how big the video file can be and what type of video formats can be embedded in PowerPoints. That becomes another problem when many surveillance camera systems have their own formats. Other issues include defendants being reliant on cameras for the prisons, which don't have screens or microphones that are readily apparent. The Surveillance Technology Oversight Project white paper highlighted a study finding that 45% of immigration removal hearings suffered from connection issues in 2005. In other cases, 
The issues come from defendants not understanding how to use the technology. For defendants held in New Jersey's immigration detention centers, they're reliant on the cameras and internet connections provided by the jail. It's led to issues where defendants only have their foreheads showing up on camera without realizing it. In a normal trial, defendants have plenty of opportunities to speak privately with their attorney, they can whisper sitting next to them, make facial expressions that no one else can see, or speak directly to them in a separate room. Virtual hearings have eroded that attorney-client confidentiality. With everyone in the same conference call or video meeting, everything can be heard by all parties involved, including the prosecution. Lawyers frequently need to confer with their clients to answer any questions they might have, and arranging a private chat or new video meeting every time it comes up is not sustainable. Some courtrooms have set up breakout rooms or direct instant messages between the attorneys and their clients, but it's not a sufficient replacement for lawyers. For starters, there are concerns about who has access to those chat logs or video recordings and how they're stored and secured. When people need to testify from home rather than a closed-off courtroom, they often have to discuss traumatic experiences with the possibility that there are people around able to eavesdrop. If it's a virtual trial where the defendant is still in a detention center, it's almost a guarantee that other people will be able to hear. The testimonies that can save their lives can also put them in immediate danger if they don't have proper privacy. For more of the latest tech news, visit CNET.com.